0: CB Radio Days I have a sort of mania for electronic gadgets. I think I inherited this from my father, who was always the first to have the latest electronic whiz-bang when he was younger. Now this led to me getting any number of devices for which I had no real need, such as a scanner, which allowed me to tune in on police and air and fire, and commercial broadcasts on special bands for these sort of things. That was sort of interesting, I mean long moments of Boredom interlaced with a few moments of great excitement when the cops were chasing somebody or some gangster was having an argument over the cell phone with his girlfriend who was trying to out him on the air. People don't realize that cell phones broadcast like that and that scanners can pick them up. Things like that were interesting, but the incidents of excitement were few and far between. More or less because it was on sale, I got myself a CB base station at the time of the CB radio craze. A base station is different than a car CB. A base station is meant for your home. I knew nothing about antennas and all the sorts of things that you need to know when you get on the air, as it were. But there was a fellow out there who went by the handle, and everybody had handles, anyways, You never really knew what their real names were. Well, sometimes you did, but everybody had a handle. And his handle was George the Book Bandit. Now, George was a CB hobbyist big time, and he caught my very, very faint signal trying to reach out to talk to people. He happened to be on the channel when my voice was as strong as I could make it, but my signal was very weak. And he heard me. I mean, this was a man who managed to pluck out a broadcast from the Solomon Islands that came in on the skip very faintly on an odd channel, so George had the ears for it. The skip happened when scattered patches of relatively dense ionization that develop seasonally within the E region of the ionosphere reflect and scatter radio frequencies When frequencies reflect off multiple patches, it is referred to as multi-hop skip. E-skip allows radio waves to travel many miles beyond their intended area of reception. And what George heard was multi-hop skip. So George and I managed to make contact and he got me set up with a Radio Shack big stick antenna, which was mounted halfway down my backyard. George put it up, and then I had a very strong signal. Now that was really important because there were characters out there we called carps, C-A-R-P-S, carps, who like to walk, that's another CB phrase. It means walk over somebody's signal to drown them out. But if you had a base station with a good antenna, they didn't stand a chance. Eventually, we gathered together a group of adults, who weren't interested in hurling insults at each other or talking nonsense about nothing. Well, we talked nonsense, but it was about something. We started to congregate on the channel that was just above the dime. Channel 10, or the dime, was the channel that regular CBs ended on, where more expensive CBs had the upper channels. So you got rid of a lot of riffraff if you worked above the dime. So we gathered there and we talked. There was Ingmar. He was a computer systems guy who remembered when mainframe computer tubes were bigger than beer cans. There was the Blue Goose, Heavens, all kinds of people. There was Mike, the Irish Viking. I was kind of stuck on him for a while. He had a great radio voice, a deep radio voice. I have a weakness for radio voices. We would chit-chat and talk. There was John the Earthworm. He lived in a basement apartment. There was Starfighter, who was a born communicator, who later went on to do some regular radio broadcasting as a DJ on AM radio. Not making much of a living at it, but still. Well, at that time, I was also into Dungeons and Dragons. I was a Dungeon Master meant that i ran games and made up the plots and told people who won and helped throw the dice stuff like that i'd done this in real time and that's another story then i transferred it to cb radio we met on one of the legal upper channels and had a game going with dungeons of course with gray stone corridors and great hairy monsters with green dripping fangs and red flashing eyes and swords of magical power I would throw the dice for the gamers. We had quite a good game going there. One time a trucker, who was just cruising the dials, started sandy-bagging, just listening in but not speaking, to our game. Finally, he couldn't stand it any more, and he shouted out, ''What do you mean there's a green hairy monster coming down the corridor?'' after you and you pulled your sword out and you're gonna stick him in the eye. You're all crazy. Well, maybe we were, but we had a lot of fun. We grew quite close in the game. Role-playing games are funny. They have a gestalt, a sort of group existence. At One time it was happening, that if someone was wounded seriously in the game, then an accident would happen to them in real life. And that got a little spooky, but it was part of the game. The big event I remember in the Dungeons and Dragons game on the CB was when John the Earthworm fought death and won. His father-in-law had just passed away, and he was very fond of his wife and had seen her suffering watching the old boy go, so he had a bone to pick with death. When he came into the game, I, more or less extemporaneously, created a skeleton monster I called, the Death Man or something like that. John was a paladin, one of the good guys. He got out his sword and he fought death. It was a fierce fight, and the dice rolls were going against him, but he kept on. He lost some blood, and he lost some points, and then he won. And that was a really, really big deal. In other tales, there was an old trapper who got on one night and talked about the guy he knew up in the northern bush who had a mink jock strap. The fur was on the inside. Go figure. There were veterans of World War II who had been in battle who would talk strategy and tactics of certain battles like the Battle of the Bulge or their corner of the Battle of the Bulge. George, the book bandit, had been in Germany in World War II, and he had some adventures there that don't bear repeating. CB Radio was, for the time it lasted, and nothing lasts forever, a really great fraternity of radio people. And I learned, and it's still useful, to talk about anything to anybody, anytime. This is Sonia Brock, podcasting from Toronto, Ontario. I can be reached on the web at soniabrock.com, S-O-N-I-A-B-R-O-C-K dot com.